and welcome. I am Tobega Manyige, one of the intern psychologists from the Student Counseling Unit at the University of Pretoria. I am honored to host this episode from our Mental Health and Wellbeing podcast series, proudly brought to you by the Student Counseling Unit. This podcast series has been specifically created to enhance the mental health and well-being of our UP students. Please note that this, this podcast episode does not constitute therapy or counseling, nor does it replace formal professional mental health care services. Our podcast episode topic for today is on thinking traps and has been inspired by Aaron Beck's cognitive model, which explains that at times our thoughts can become distorted and influence our view of ourselves, others, the world, and the future. Everyone experiences thinking traps to some degree. As such, our students may also unknowingly experience thinking traps, which may negatively impact their academic performance, social interactions, and mental health. There may also be specific thinking traps that are related to fear or anxiety regarding COVID-19. During the course of this podcast episode, we will share with you how thinking traps are defined. We will explore the different types of thinking traps, discussing the possible consequences of certain thinking traps. And most importantly, we will provide practical skills and techniques that one can use to start modifying his or her thinking patterns for the benefit of their mental health and well-being. For this episode, we are honored to have Dr. Linda Eskel Blockland, the current acting head of the Student Counseling Unit at the University of Pretoria. She is a clinical psychologist who specializes in treating psychological and psychiatric disorders with cognitive behavior therapy, and also takes a systemic approach to problems that her clients bring to her. She has taken a keen interest and involvement with community mental health and providing disadvantaged communities with relevant mental health services. Thank you very much, Dr. Blockland, for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to share your expertise with us today. Thank you, Tobeka. It's an absolute honor to be here. Um, and thank you for inviting me to speak about this. I think it's a very important topic. Thank you. So to start, Dr. Blockland, it is important that we first understand what we are referring to when we are talking about thinking traps. How would you define them? What are thinking traps? Yes, thank you for that question, Tobeka. Um, thinking traps are what we experience when we think about events that happen to us or, or when we think about ourselves in a way that does not help us to move forward. So typically this occurs when we hit a problem or a challenge. And, and as you say, everybody to some extent uh, does experience this. It's, it's not always a problem. Um, but uh, when one gets stuck in this way of thinking, it, it can be very problematic. Mm. Professionals sometimes talk about dysfunctional thinking or cognitive distortions when they refer to thinking traps. Uh, dysfunction, of course, implies that the thinking in these instances is not useful or constructive. Cognitive distortion implies that the thinking is skewed in some way. It's not realistic or rational. 
we often find that we develop patterns of thinking over time. So, you know, if this happens occasionally, it's not necessarily a problem, as, as I said, and, and as, as you referred to also. Um, but when it becomes an entrenched kind of pattern, something we get stuck in, um, we, you know, we find ourselves falling back into thinking about events or ourselves in the same ways over and over again. It mm. could be that at one time or even now occasionally this way of thinking may have served a useful purpose. Let me give you an example. Um, in order to do well in exams or, ex or assignments, I need to know that if I don't spend time on my work, I can run into trouble at assessment time. So it is useful to have in my mind what can happen if I don't study, study as I ought to. So th that's an example of when it could be useful to think about failure and to recognize that something can go wrong. However, I may have studied really hard. I may have spent hours and hours learning and making sure that I understand my work. But when the time for the exam comes, I become afraid of failing. I imagine that I won't remember any of my work. If I do remember the work, I tell myself I won't understand the questions. I may write the wrong information and so on. So this clearly is not constructive. When I keep thinking this way, it may become one of my thinking traps. Mm. I'll tend to think this way whenever facing tests or exams. Mm. I hope that, does that uh, explain a little bit about what we mean when we talk about thinking traps? It absolutely does. And um, listening to, what, to how you're explaining it, it sounds like you are saying it's not certain people who um, actually experience thinking traps, but it can be anybody. Absolutely. I think this is really important. Um, it's, it's, you know, that in itself could become another thinking trap. There's something wrong with me. You know, I'm, uh, I am totally dysfunctional in some way. No, mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, this way of thinking can be problematic and to be able to recognize it, uncover it and do something about it. Fantastic. Can you share with our listeners some of the different types of thinking traps? Um, I think you've shared a little bit some examples. What, what, what are some of them that can actually trap our listeners? Okay, I think that's important. Um, you're right, there are various types of thinking traps that psychologists have identified. You talk about Aaron Beck, for example. There may be many more that individuals use, but there, there are some that are, that are fairly common that people tend to develop. I'm, I'm not going to go through all of them, mm. but I'm going to go through, I've picked out a few that I, I think can be quite useful. Um, so uh, one of them uh, is uh, catastrophizing. We mm. call it catastrophizing. This is when we imagine the worst possible outcome. So we obsess about worst case scenarios when thinking about events for ourselves. For example, if I fail a test, I start thinking, I will always fail. I am a failure. I won't ever graduate. I'll end up on the street. My family will disown me and so on. You see how we, we go down this route to yes. the worst case scenario. We leave the, the fact that we failed a test and, we, and then follow this train of thought down to absolute destruction. So that's catastrophizing, yes. as, it, as it suggests. Okay. So another one um, is overgeneralizing. Uh, mm -hmm. This is when we fail to see something as occurring in a specific circumstance. 
So we generalize the event to always or never, for example. Um, this could happen, um, such as when, when you're in a romantic relationship with end, which ends. If you then start thinking that I will never be loved or no one will ever love me, I'm not lovable, I'll be alone forever, etc., this is irrational and, and one is overgeneralizing from something that happened to forever in my life sort of thing. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. And and as you're talking through uh, these examples, I'm thinking, is it possible for, for example, for a student to start thinking that they're going to fail when they actually they have never even failed before, where there's no um, situation where they have actually done, not done well, but but still they keep on thinking that they are not going to do well, though evidence shows that actually um, they've been doing very, very well, performing very well with their academics. Absolutely, yes. This, this is a, a common thinking trap that students particularly may be vulnerable to, but, but anybody can be vulnerable to this kind of thing. And that brings me to, to another one of the thinking traps, uh, which I think you've kind of described in a way. This one is called discounting the positive. Mm. And this happens when someone holds onto a negative belief in the face of any evidence to the contrary, as you say. Um, so, for example, one might develop an irrational belief that your friends don't like you. Each mm. time you are passed over in a conversation, you will see that as evidence that your belief is true. However, when people actually show interest in you, you discount that as attributable to something that happened but it does not change your belief. So you discount anything that might contradict that belief that you're holding on to. Mm. Thank you so much for those examples. And uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking now, um, if maybe there are certain thinking traps that are especially common now during COVID-19, have you noticed any of these thinking traps that would be common during COVID-19, which our students can be aware of? Absolutely. Um, well, in, in any, any thinking trap obviously can come into play because I think that, you know, the, 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 the major um, impact of COVID-19 for many people is, um, you know, the exacerbation of problems that they might already have, especially people who are vulnerable to anxiety, especially mm. um, a lot of, you know, some of the things that trigger anxiety during this time is, is the isolation and people might engage in thoughts such as, I may never see my friends again. Mm -hmm. um, the world has changed forever. And this may be true, of course, uh, but perhaps not quite as drastic as a catastrophic thinker might imagine. Mm -hmm. The person who's entertaining catastrophic thoughts may fail to imagine any good coming out of a changed world mm -hmm. or that we as people will find creative ways to get our social and other needs met, even in a changed world. So, um, yeah, I, I think those are some of the ways that uh, COVID might impact us to think negatively. Mm. Mm. I can actually imagine, you know, some of our uh, students, you know, who are even having challenges in terms of just the change that comes with um, COVID-19, such as online, um, learning that now all of a sudden you know things are not the same as the way they used to be and uh, and i'm thinking there may be some thinking traps that you know um will start tripping our students in terms of 
um, you know, can, do I even understand how to to study, you know, the new way of studying? Yes, yes absolutely. So th thinking traps are fundamentally negative ways of thinking about the world and our lives. Mm. When we engage in, in a lot of negative thinking, we, we don't engage in hopeful thoughts or optimistic thinking. Mm. And this in itself can lead to depression and anxiety. Depressive thoughts are typically negative and hopeless. Depressed people find it hard to see any good in the future. The thinking traps do not allow for hopeful thoughts. They trap us into believing the worst and giving up hope. Mm. On the other hand, and you mentioned anxiety, and I think anxiety is something that has really come to the fore for many people during COVID. Anxiety is by definition a fear of something that has not happened yet. There's normal anxiety, of course, which is healthy, as it mm. drives us to focus and be energized when faced with challenges. For example, it's important to be somewhat anxious when entering the exam. You focus on the questions and you have the energy to sustain you to complete the task. However, when you start fearing irrationally things that have not yet happened with no evidence to suggest that this will happen, or if it does, that it's not the end of the world, it does not need to be a disaster, then this can become problematic. Mm. The person will start to avoid doing certain things and his or her life starts to shrink. When you avoid things that you might otherwise do because you are anxious, then this only serves to exacerbate the anxiety. The person can then become trapped in a cycle of avoidance and anxiety. Mm. And this mm. is the problem. Mm. And this is the problem. Um, so listening to what you, you're sharing with us, it sounds like thinking traps are not good for our mental health and well-being. Absolutely not. No. It it sounds as however. Yes. No, you you go on. Sorry. No, I'm just thinking. So how can they negatively impact us? But you've already kind of gone through that, which is what I was thinking, Ella, to say how can they negatively impact us? And you've kind of unpacked that, you know, showing us that they are not good for our mental health and well-being. That's right. Yes, but they are. Um, there are things that we can do about it. Mm -hmm. So you are saying there are step-by-step -step practical advice that maybe you can share with our students about how to overcome these thinking traps. Yes, that's, that's correct, yes. There are skills or techniques uh, that, that uh, people and students um, can learn and uh, implement to modify this negative thinking pattern. Would you like to, me to talk a little bit about that? That would be great, thank you, yes. So I, I always like to tell people that the first step to change in these instances is awareness. To develop awareness of how you are thinking about things when you catch yourself engaging in negative thoughts, feeling anxious or avoiding things. So it, would, it can become useful to make a point of jotting down some of the thoughts that you become aware of, some of those negative thoughts. Note the feelings that you have about these thoughts. Once you've developed a stronger self-awareness, then you can start challenging the thoughts. So if you think that you engage in discounting the positive, for example, mm. challenge yourself to identify events for the contrary. Make a note of these. Start looking for the evidence that disproves your beliefs. So you're shifting your focus. And when you successfully shift your gaze in this way, you may find some things to be happy about or some things to be more optimistic about. 
You can do the same with catastrophizing. Catch yourself going down that dark rabbit hole of bad endings. Mm -hmm. Imagine alternatives. Check out the worst case scenarios that you might be thinking of and try and shift your thinking around this. For example, if you fail a test, instead of engaging in worst case scenario thoughts of being on the street, do something constructive. Check in with a lecturer. Ask for feedback. See an academic advisor. What are the steps that can be taken that could change that outcome? Thank you for that um, explanation of it. And I'm thinking, are there practical ways that, for example, our listeners can um, catch this thinking trap as it sneaks into their thoughts and then actually challenge it on the spot? How can they do that? I think, yes, and, and, and that's why I talk about um, the first step being self-awareness. This, this shift is obviously quite a drastic step for many people if they have become trapped in these ways of thinking. So the word trapped, I think, is very important here. Yes. So it's not, it's not going to be easy just to slip out of it. But th the first step to become more self-aware of the way one does that, the way one becomes trapped in it. And, you know, it's, it's a learning process and it's a skill that has to be developed. So it might be only after you've already gone down that rabbit hole or, or you've already, um, you know, put yourself into a corner of, of uh, negative thinking that you can think, okay, let me retrace this. Let me become aware of the thoughts that brought me to this point. And I, th I think that's really important for that to become the first step and not to, uh, not, not to criticize oneself or to judge oneself for having those negative thoughts but to see this rather as an opportunity to develop the self-awareness before you go into that process of, of um, challenging. And of course, if uh, this isn't easy and, and one must always remember that there is professional help available. Mm. So to go to a counselor, to seek psychotherapy um, with somebody who's expertly trained in, in these techniques and can help and guide you through the process. Does that, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Blockland. We've um, um, come to the end of actually our uh, session. Thank you for, for sharing this valuable information with us. Um, listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast episode or if you have any comments on how we can improve, please send an email to studentcounseling at up.ac.za with your feedback under the subject heading Thinking Traps podcast. Look out for more exciting podcast episodes throughout the year. If you are experiencing any mental health difficulties, remember help is available. Stay connected to others and reach out for help. Talk to someone close to you whom you trust or contact the student counseling unit at studentcounseling at up.ac.za. You can also contact the 24-hour UPK line on 0800-747-747. Thank you for listening and take care.